Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. That's right. That's the place where you tune in every week to hear from entrepreneurs who are making it happen every day. And this week is no different. I am joined by a fantastic person who I happen to know for a number of years, useless piece of information. She actually was my neighbor for uh, uh, the first couple of years in Virginia, but she's also a PR juggernaut. I got to tell you, I am so enjoying, I mean, I love having guys on my show too, but I've had this string of girl bosses that have been on, and I got to tell you, I'm finding those to be maybe more exciting than than some of the guys. No no disrespect to some of my guys that have been on the podcast, but today I am joined by Caroline Colenzo. She's also known as the Caroline doll in the Instagram social media community. She's the CEO of Posh PR. Yes, it sounds exactly like it is. Posh PR, a boutique public relations and luxury event planning agency that specializes in partnerships with fashion, beauty, and lifestyle brands worldwide. With over nine years of experience in sales, marketing, and PR, Caroline understands how to tell a brand's unique story and takes pride in developing customized strategies that produce exceptional results. She lives for making the world a prettier place with heartfelt conversations and random acts of kindness and, of course, a curated Instagram feed. Caroline, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. You know, I think it's so fun because, you know, we, my wife's obviously been following you for a long time. You guys have been friends. And, you know, it's such a style. I'm so brand and I'm so brand optics. I'm such an optics person. So whenever I, and people try to challenge me on this all the time, like, Hey, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get started. And I'm like, listen, if you want to command premium prices, you want to be premium in the market, you need to have a premium look. So I'm always comfortable at home with people who understand my feelings about that. And you're one of those people. So, so uh, it's just great to have you. Oh, of course. Thank you. No, and I, I totally get that. I mean, I definitely believe in purpose over perfect sometimes. However, when it comes to branding, um, a polished brand and an elevated brand is the way to go. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and it's so interesting because I meet people all the time who are, you know, obviously I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners as you do. And I I meet people and they're presenting themselves in this way that I'm like, you know, how do you expect to charge a lot? Right. How do you expect to charge even for what you're worth? I'll listen to somebody's resume and I'll be like, wow, that's super impressive. You're worth a lot of money. And then they'll tell me this little that they charge. And I say, I get it because that's what you're projecting in the marketplace. Right. A hundred percent. I actually just dealt with a client recently who she said, okay, I want to make more money. And I said, okay, great. So since you own your own business, if you want to make more money, you have to give yourself a raise. You have to raise your prices. There's, you don't have a boss anymore. That's going to say, good job, Kelly. You did such a great job. I'm going to give you a raise. If you want to make money, you actually have to go out and hustle harder or give yourself a raise yourself by increasing pricing or elevating your brand. Just like you said, that is one of the first things that we do with clients is when they come to us and they say, okay, Caroline, I want an elevated brand. Great. We need to start with a brand identity because the second you have a good home base, that is, that is where everyone, that's what everyone sees first. And that is right. how they connect with you. And that's how you sell. So I'm totally on the same page with that. 
you know, we were neighbors for a couple of years and I've kind of had the opportunity to watch from afar a little bit. You know, everybody's caught up in their own lives, but I've watched, you know, as your business has kind of expanded and grown. So tell me a little bit about and tell the audience a little bit about your kind of backstory. How, how did we even get to uh, Posh PR and, and, you know, taking that leap? And you know, it's funny, you might not even know some of these things. So I'm excited. Um, when we were neighbors, I was in medical sales, I think, when we first. Mm, okay, um, I remember. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. long story short, when I, well, it's funny, I will say this first, because I know my mom's going to be listening right now. And <laughs> my mom would probably tell you that I became an entrepreneur when I was three years old, because I would come home from school, and I would have my pockets filled with quarters. And my mm. mom would say, Caroline, what, what, where'd you get these quarters, honey? And I'm like, mama, I'm selling my crayons at school to the other kids. And in Kentucky, you say crayon. These are crowns. I'm selling, I'm selling my crayons at school to the other kids. And she's like, my three-year-old is selling her crayons to the other kids. No limited edition colors. And then she said, well, honey, baby girl, what, what are you telling them? And I would say, mama, I'm telling them that mine are better than theirs and they're buying it. <laughs> and she was like, I, I love know, that. That's I, right. She was like, I knew I was afraid of you when you were three. So, but then digressing back, you know, when I, when I graduated college, mm. uh, it was 2009, the recession, hit. all my friends were moving back home to live with mm. their parents. And mm. I was a junior at Virginia Commonwealth university. Okay. Um, and I saw Rams. Yes, go Rams. And I actually started writing letters to pharmaceutical companies telling them if they didn't hire me that their businesses would basically fail, which I know was a little aggressive. (laughs) And I'm sure I could find one of these letters somewhere. But I was determined. I was determined that I was going to be in medical sales. So Mm. one CEO bit and he interviewed me and he sat me down. He was like, Okay, Caroline. You know, he did the classic sell this big pen, ask me right. all these questions. Sure. And he was like, I'm going to hire you. He's kind of, he was laughing about it. He was like, like, not like asking me how old I was, but like, right. he was like, you, you know, you start on Monday, just so you know. And like in this office, I mean, the medical sales world, it's a man's world. Mm. If I was the youngest. I was, you know, one of the only females. And mm. I remember um, when he said to me, he said, you're going to start on Monday. And I said, actually, I haven't graduated yet. Let, <laughs> me, let me graduate. I graduate in two weeks and then I'll start on that Monday. And I remember my graduation party and I, so, and I told him at the moment, I said, sir, I'm going to be the best. You tell me what you want me to do and I will be your top salesperson. And I think he thought I was kidding, um, right. but I wasn't. And I, I was, I, I did become the best, not because I'm better than anybody else, because I right. put in the work, I put in the time and I was the top sales rep under, within under a year. You mean you didn't just, uh, you didn't just like, you know, take one course and now magically it started raining cash and oh my you, gosh, got, no. you got to lay on the beach with your laptop. It didn't I work wish. like that for you. Yeah. I wish, but no, I just, I made, it's a decision. It's a decision that I still have to make every single day, even mm. after almost, you know, it'll be six years in owning my own company. I still think about that day. I still think about, and even when I sell a service to a client, if mm. I can't look them in the eyes and say, I'm going to be the best for you, they're probably right. not fit for me so let me answer this question so because you know people people hear the story oh great you know oh you were killing it medical sales and a lot of people know in that world medical sales pharmaceuticals right there's big money on the table there people 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 make uh people people do very very well so you know the immediate question is oh okay you're killing it you were number one right she says she was number one why do you why do you leave that and put it all on the line and you know do do all that stuff i'll tell you why i 
long story short, I ended up pretty quickly being elevated to being the national sales manager um, right. at, a, at another company that actually um, found me and hired me um, to lead their, their sales team. And I used to launch new drugs. So okay. I was put on a contract. Um, a and legal, it's really cool. Legal drug, legal legal drug, drug dealer. Yes. Legal, yeah, legal, drug, yes. legal drug dealer you were. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, and it's funny because when I think about it, you know, I, I still get goosebumps even to this moment mm. because I loved my job. I loved serving people. I loved when I would get these phone calls from patients saying that I changed their lives. Mm. And I was put on this contract to launch these three new drugs and um, we successfully did it pretty quickly. I mean, and I was flying all over the nation trying to mm. find ambassadors that were going to be selling off these drugs. Long story short, I'll tell you the moment I had and you're going to laugh because I was at the pool in West okay. Broad Village and okay. I, and I called my, it was like 12 o'clock and I called my mom and I said, mama, I'm done with my day. I'm done with my day. I'm making crazy money, multi six figure salary. I'm smarter than this. I'm at the pool right now. Do you know where I am? And she's calling me thinking I have a problem. She's like, honey, right. honey, you need to calm down. You're no you're like 26 year old can right. sit here and say they're making multi six figures, just built this right. beautiful town home with their own money and right. they're at the pool at 12 o'clock because their day's done. I'm like, mom, right. that's I'm, not a problem, right? Right. She's like, so what's the problem, baby girl? And I'm like, mama, I'm smarter than this. So I, so what I realized, well, one, I'm just a worker. That's just what I do. But mm. I realized I wanted to take what I'm really naturally good at, my God-given gifts, mm. which is sales, star, yeah. and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to merge that with what I'm passionate about and what mm. fires me up. And what fires me up is fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. So mm. Posh PR was born. And I remember like the next week calling my mom saying, Mama, I started a company and it's going to be great. And she was like, honey, let's revisit this. Let's revisit this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what I did. I, and I, I wanted to do, you know, I believe wholeheartedly that when you take what you're naturally good at and you marry that with what you're passionate about, you're unstoppable. Mm. So I wanted to be unstoppable. Listen, I think that's, I think that's an awesome story. And everyone talks about, everybody talked about that moment right now you know there is a school of thought that there are a lot of people out there that are like hey you know i'm working so i can have the 12 o'clock afternoon beach moment not that i'm lazy right they say not that i'm lazy but I'm, I'm doing all this work now so i can you know have that control or have the ability to do that right um because there is this whole argument and debate that rages on about hustle grinding and and you know burning the candle at both ends and you know up before up before the sun, beat the sun up, still up when the sun's down. You know, I, you know, a lot of people will tell you that that'll give you a heart attack also, but <laughs> what are some of the biggest lessons you think you've learned from walking away from that gig? Oh my because I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume, I don't know. You can tell our, you can tell our listeners. I'm going to assume that, you know, you opened up your business and it wasn't gangbusters right you didn't leave a big agency you know my buddy he left he, he left a big salon that everybody knew and opened his own, his own studio he had 12 years of business already where he was so he's his book of business is full but not quite the same when you leave medical sales and just say hey you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be a pr you know queen I know. Okay. So that's crazy because. <laughs> or am I wrong? No, you're, no, you're. Okay. You're, okay. I'll, okay. Tell you, I'll tell you, I have so many things to tell you right now. Okay. okay. So <laughs> first I'll say this. I am that person that is not good at a side hustle. I'm just not, I'm that person that has to go all in. 
Mm. And I have clients right now and I love all of them and I love all of you so much that do that, that do that nine to five and then grind on their side hustle in the evenings and weekends. I, I totally support that. And I, and I love you guys for that. I'm actually not that person. So I knew that going in, I'm the person that has to give my all to everything. So here's what I love about this. Hold on. Hold that thought. Here's what I love about this. And here's what I love about this. Because you're set, you're so contrary, and there's a lot of things that, that that we share a lot of similar. I love this because so many times people don't get to hear the alternate, right? I, I just saw a meme yesterday, right? That's like, hey, why are you complaining? You've got nine to five for your regular job and seven to three for your side hustle, <laughs> and like that's great. But I'm so so interested in where you're going with this because I don't think people hear the alternative, the idea of burning the ships, right? As they say, the idea of, of going all in. Now, of course, people are going to say, hey, Corey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm making $22,000 and barely keep my lights on. So it's great that she was making hundreds of thousands, left her, <laughs> left her job and probably had some cash in the bank to start the business. But I love where you're going. So I hope I didn't kill your thought, no, but I just want to get that in. No, and that's right. Yeah. And when I tell people the story, they're like, oh, well, you know, you saved money. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I definitely had some money saved, but also, you know, I was single and I yeah, just built a townhome. And I have to tell you about that because I'll never forget when I built my home, they didn't believe me. They were like, okay, so we need to check for $25,000. I was 24 years old because right. I was 24 years old and mm-hmm. I was like okay great and I pulled out my checkbook pink checks of course and <laughs> I remember them looking at me like I was like go ahead and call the bank go ahead make sure it's all in there because like they didn't right. believe me right, right. Um, right. I did have some reserve don't get me wrong I definitely did it wasn't a lot because right. I also like to spend money so it and, wasn't a lot and, and you know how, again I can attest to that you I see your scarf <laughs> right now you, you Louis scarf but yeah. Also, you don't, people don't have to apologize for planning, right? Everybody wants to hear how they can have no money and build a million dollar business, but there's nothing wrong with actually planning to start your business and having funds to do it. But I'll tell you what drove me. It wasn't the planning, because I'm a planner, don't get me wrong, but you Mm. know, it's a a pivotal moment when I first started my company. And I always say, never tell me I can't do anything, because I'm Mm. So I called my mom and I was like, mama, okay, I'm starting this company. She's like, okay, honey. And I was like, and guess what? I'm going to wear tool skirts and I'm going to like wear what I want to wear. I started Tuesday. I started all these crazy things. Right. But I remember going into the bank because mm-hmm. I was like, I have to get a, a business checking yep. account. Right. Yep. So I went to the Wells Fargo over here and, um, and I was like, hi, you know, I just started a business. I'm so excited. And they were like, okay, great. And they asked you all these questions that I was not prepared for. And they said, well, mm. okay, so I have to write down, you know, what you're going to, what profit, you know, what or revenue you're going to be bringing in the first year. And I was like, Oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I was mm. like, um, I want you to write down and I totally just made this number up, but I said, I want you to write down, you know what? I'm going to make $65,000 my first year. And mm. she looked at me, she goes, and she laughed and she said, Oh, no, 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 nobody does that when they just start a business. Kind of looking at me like I'm this like little girl who's wearing a what? pink scarf. Yes. And this is so what? true. It's like people don't take me seriously. Yes, I have blonde hair. Yes, I like pink. Yes, I like fashion. That does not mean I can't be a business shark just like all the other men and everybody else, every other right. one. Right? right. And she looked at me and I looked up at her and I said, I want you to write down $65,000 on this application. And she goes, 
okay. And I think I did like 65,000 and like $1 and 14 cents or something. And I remember at the end of the year, I was like, look at this. She told me I couldn't do it my first year. Right. (laughs) And that's honestly, and I know that sounds so crazy, but that was something. So, you know, when people started telling me I couldn't do it, Mm. they want it more. Right. Well, what's interesting, again, I, I just, there's so much, there's so much great stuff coming out of this. So you said something else, right? You talked about your first year in business, right? You talked about the idea of, of doing $65,000, doing it by yourself, being out on your own. And everybody wants to open up their business tomorrow and cash their million dollar check, yes. right? And there's such a gap that people don't, you know, if you have the client base, if, you, if you're situated properly and go out and do that, great. But everybody thinks that just because it's easier to make money today, which it is, online stores, Shopify, all these things that just exist. But people just forget the idea that there is a, there is an A, B, C, D, there's a path that happens. Now, some people get super hot if you're PewDiePie or whoever some of these people are on YouTube and all this other stuff. But for most people that are working their business, they're working to build it up. So I, I just thought that was so powerful to level set everybody, right? To say, hey, you know, here were some goals. And now, hey, six years later, I'm seeing you in photo shoots at, in Palm Beach and, and all these other things. I want to pivot for a second to, as a PR specialist and queen, right? What are some mistakes you see first-time entrepreneurs and startup people? What do you see first-time business owners, what are some mistakes you see them making when it comes to their marketing or their brand? The exact same one that I made when I launched my company. And that Mm. is why I so want to advocate. um, And I tell my clients this all the time. So when I first started Posh PR, right, I was already told that a pink brand couldn't sell. I was told that being too girly and fashion forward, it wouldn't be something that would sell, right? Mm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to conform. I'm going to need to conform to everybody else. And I started. And who convinced you of that? I'm curious. Who convinced you of that? I would get, oh my gosh, it's crazy. I would get people on Instagram that would say the craziest things on Facebook, social media. I would have like my, my, like just friends of friends that would say, like, oh, you, you put lipstick in a photo? It just, just for fun, right? I'm like, no, the lipstick company is actually paying me to curate that image um, for the photo, right? right? So I said, you know what? That's fine, okay? I'm not going to build this brand around me. I'm going to build it around what everyone else wants. But here's what happened. I started attracting a client that was not my ideal client. Because I started pretending to be somebody else. So then when I'm in these meetings with these clients of mine, and don't get me wrong, I loved them all. It was more difficult for me. It was more difficult for me to connect with them. It was more difficult for me to bond with them and to actually serve them because I'm in a service industry. I'm I'm here to serve my clients, right? And it was harder for me to serve them because I couldn't relate to them because they thought I was somebody else on social media on my website. Right. And the second that I made the decision to move forward fearlessly with the brand that was 100% me, I remember I was like, that's it. I'm going to be me. I'm going to wear my Louboutins. I like Christian Louboutin. I'm going to wear my Louis Vuitton scarf. That's what I actually like. I started attracting clients that were just like me. And now they're all my best friends. I serve them. I get to hang out with them. I love like when they're calling and texting me, I'm not like, oh, I have another client texting me. I'm like, oh, let me go call her back. Oh, I can't wait to see her. Right. So powerful. Thank That's you. so powerful because so many people fall into that category and, you know, we see it all the time. And I often talk about, I have these kind of 33 rules that I, I wax poetic on frequently throughout my 
social media. And, you know, one of those things is this idea, beware of dream killers and also only get advice from people who are qualified to give it. Yeah. Right. So everybody, I have this debate. There's just, I, I get in debates with guys about this too. I'm not an advocate for like brand advice via social media. Like, you know, people are like, hey, and these are good friends of mine, so it's not a shot to anybody, but like, hey, which logo do you like better? And they get their opinions, and all these people have their opinions, and I'm like, what do you know about the impact of a logo or the brand of a logo? Or like, I'm not, I don't really want your opinion, not arrogantly, but I would rather talk to brand people about branding and not the general public. And sure, I mean, I totally get like the market research. If you want to conduct something where you, you know, are interviewing a hundred different people to see how they, how does this logo make you feel? Okay, sure. There's a time right. for that. But no, we get that all the time. Like we literally have clients that say, oh, build me a beautiful brand. Now let me go ask eight of my friends or I'm going to put this brand on Facebook and see what everyone else says. That's it. And I'm like, okay, totally right. fine. So you can totally do that. But then I'll come back and tell you our professional, uh, uh, you know, advice because an opinion right than professional advice, just like you said. Correct. Yeah. Oh, my sister's brother, you know, thinks that we should, you know, it should, we should change this and change that. We should yeah. change the colors. I'm like, you don't even know what colors evoke. You don't even know, you know, you don't know that purple is royalty or what green stands for a blue. They don't even know that because right. that's not their space. So why are we asking them about that? That is just, that's one of those things that just kills me because you're, you're making business decisions and, he, and the observation that I make in the real world is the, I won't even throw out a random statistic that isn't true, but I will say the overwhelming majority of the people who offer advice on these various things will not consume or even spend a dime with you on whatever it is that you're selling. 100%. So, so they'll give you advice on your book. They'll give you advice on your book cover, but they'll ask you for the hookup on the book. Exactly. They won't pay the $12 or the $14. It's the free book. Yep. Yeah. Co correct. So I, I just, it's just a killer. Okay. I'm sorry. Back to, so what's the advice? People, people are listening like, where's the advice? Give it, finish on the thought about the, so authenticity. I took that from what you said, right? Being so, authentic to yourself. What else would you say? The something that I, and kind of a term that I coined that I didn't realize I coined when I did it. Mm. I said to um, someone, I guess it was, it was either on social media or something. And I had a calligrapher even like draw this out and make this whole meme on it. If you mm. stay true to yourself, you have no competition at all. Mm. If you stay true to you, because no one can be you. No one right. can serve clients like you. No one can run right. your business like you. No one, no one else in this whole world that is your unique gift of being you, especially in an industry where you are, you know, in a service industry like mine. Right. Right. You have no competition. I don't believe I have competition, not because I, I get, I'm not better than anybody. I believe I don't have competition because my branding is perfectly connecting with my ideal client. And when I bring in my ideal client mm. and I serve them, only I can serve them and I serve them better than anybody else. I like that. And one of the people I quote, I forget who even gets the credit for it, but it's be yourself. I think Oscar Wilde or somebody be yourself. Everyone else is taken. 100%. Right. Right. I love that. And that's so true. And you know, you know, some brands that we build, our clients don't want to be the face of the brand, but still their likes and their, their loves and what fires them up should still be infused into the brand because that's what's going to get them out of bed every day. That's what, you know, when you talk about the hustle, that's what, what's going to keep them hustling. You have to be hustling for something that you love. I was having lunch last week with a fellow speaker and 
and we hadn't seen each other in a while. We were having lunch and we started talking and catching up on what he's doing, what I'm doing. And I started talking about, you know, our coaching programs for things we're doing in our coaching. And I started to talk. And as I was going, he starts kind of like looking at me pretty <laughs> weird. And he's like glazing at me. And I'm like, and I stop and I'm like, wait, what, what is it? Yeah. He's like, dude, you're in such a flow right now. Talking about this, yeah. you've got no like you've got no idea how much of a flow that you're in, and how your whole state changes when you start talking about clients and what's happening with them and their breakthroughs. So, I mean, everybody is up for an evolution. It was just a powerful moment to see from the outside, right? That that people can kind of see where their growth is or start to experience that. What do you say to somebody who's like, "Hey, you know, I don't know what my brand should be," or or you know? We get that all the time and it's tough. So really like, okay, for example, we're actually working on one of those right now. And he said, Hey, listen, I don't know what I want to sell. I don't know what I'm going to sell yet. I don't know what my brand's going to look like. All I know is that I want to work with you. That's Mm. all that I know. So a couple of things that I think is really amazing that our branding and our connecting with our ideal clients makes people already make the decision before Mm. they even pick up the phone and call me. They've already decided they're going to work. Strong. I don't really have to do a hard sell because they've already decided. And that's the goal of branding, right? Your ideal client needs to make that decision before they even get to you. The obvious choice. You want to be the obvious choice. And so we're doing that right now. So honestly, what I do for those types of clients is I start in really infusing them into their brand. And Mm. then as it it will start to evolve, and I know that you say the word pivot a lot, which is my word of the year. So I love Mm. that you keep saying that. Um, Their brand will pivot. I mean, my brand has pivoted. I mean, when I first started Posh PR, I never thought I'd be doing it like half of the services I do now. It's crazy. Mm. And you got rid of of some. I was talking to my wife when we were talking about this. When I first started Posh PR, I planned weddings. And and. I don't like, I love gig. It, it's so hard. And I love every moment that I, that I had with all of our clients. I learned a lot. I learned more honestly about being a servant and about mm. serving others. Mm. Um, that was what I learned a lot about, but I will say this. I was in the position that I being in medical sales, I also planned all of our like multi-million dollar events because mm-hmm. in order to entertain all of the doctors, I had to plan events. This is before something called the Sunshine Act that basically prohibited us from spending money on doctors. But it was was such a cool time. And I did all these events, I mean, everywhere, LA, Miami, everywhere you could imagine. And when I started my company, one of my doctors called me and he said, Caroline, listen, I know you started this company. And however, um, I don't know if you guys do this, but I want you to plan my daughter's wedding. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 no. Like, Corey, I had never never been to a wedding. Like, (laughs) The only wedding I'd ever been to, I was a flower girl in my brother's wedding. I I knew nothing about weddings. None of my friends were getting married. Like, I'd never been a bridesmaid. Like, I knew nothing about a wedding. And I was like, oh, no, listen, Posh VR is sales consulting. It's it's public relations. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. marketing. It's, um, we don't plan weddings. Right. He goes, you know what? I figured you'd say that. I researched what LA wedding planners charge, and I'm going to pay you this, this figure. And I said, I'm on the way. I will, I, will, I will be there in five hours. What's your daughter's name? No. Um, and it was really an exciting thing for me because in that moment, I think is also a pivotal moment for me because I, if I were closed minded 
If I mm. were to say, say, no, 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 listen, I don't do that. I really appreciate that, but I don't do right. that. My brand may not be where it is today. I may not be here talking mm. to you right now, but I made the decision to pivot. I made the decision to pivot in that moment because my right. client, who wasn't a deal, ideal client, if you right. will, decided that they needed me to serve them in a different way that I didn't think I was going to have in my services. And I did it and it was incredible. And I started planning um, luxury weddings from that moment. I mean, that was a multi-million dollar wedding. And so I was already seen as planning these big time weddings. And it was interesting because when I was planning my medical sales dinners, I never realized that when I was with the chef in the back trying to screen print the logo of the dessert, like on top of the dessert, right? Our logo for our <laughs> And I was with the lighting company trying to design these custom lighting gobos with right. our logo for the floor. And I was talking with this uh, paper company about custom designing, you know, cocktail napkins that right. uh, were going to have- learning all this stuff. I didn't realize what I was right. doing this whole time. Yes, it no. was Mr. Miyagi kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It was the wax on, wax off that you then came back on later. Yeah, I get it. So and it's funny because, I, you know, every other wedding planner has this moment where they say, oh my gosh, they, they dreamt when they were a little girl about <laughs> planning weddings and about their wedding and they, they dreamt all these things. But for me, when I was a little girl, I always dreamt about running a business. And, and but right. I didn't realize at the time that's what I was dreaming about. I saw myself, you know, in a business suit, like, you know, with a briefcase, if you will. It could be Louis Vuitton. Right. Right, like right. getting on my private jet, <laughs> right? So right. I never, I never dreamt about planning a wedding, but it's just so funny how when you, not, I hate to say like you go where the money is, and I don't know how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can really serve somebody and there's money involved, you go there, right? Well, I, I think, I mean, you know, one of the rules that floats out there, right, is you take the business, then you figure it out. Yes. So, and everybody has the right to evolve, and I say this to people now, you know the decisions I made 15 years ago or the deals I took 15 years ago aren't the deals that I take today. I I literally have had clients that were, you know, corporate clients of ours that I had seven years ago that I worked with that have now called me back. And I'm just, that's not the space that I'm in or not the can do it and do it or want to do it are two different things, right? Ability to execute and want desire to do that. You know, and again, I think that comes from a, your financial security that you build and your ability to make those decisions, number one. And number two, you're getting into one of the best exercises I ever did was I started paying attention to how I felt in the moments that I was taking actions relative to my business. Okay. So, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> That's a really big deal. Cause we ask our clients this question yeah. like daily, how does this make you feel? And they think mm-hmm. I'm crazy. They think I'm like a therapist. I'm like, you know, Right. How, how do you feel? What words are you feeling right now? Because if the words line up with what I'm feeling, this is a good match. And right. I, I love that so much. And, you know, you also mentioned financial security. And um, I think one point that I, I wanted to mention in, you know, leaving my medical sales job and, you know, running full force into Posh PR. Yes, I had money, but, you know, that money ran out. And right. um, I remember one time I had to sell my dining room chairs. Now, wait, you're not giving up. This isn't your crazy entrepreneurship moment, though, right? Okay, okay. We're going to get, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Sell your dining room chairs. Go ahead. Sell my dining room. Oh, but that wasn't such a good one. (laughs) That's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) I had to sell my dining room chairs to pay my mortgage. Now, don't get me wrong. Could I have called my mother and would she have bailed me out 100%? But you know what? I wanted to feel, Mm. I wanted to feel that, Mm. that, that, I don't even know what the word is. I wanted to feel that pain, that suffering in a sense mm. of knowing that, 
Okay. Well, I can't. I can't let you go to di- solid dining room <laughs> chairs. I, I can't let you. I can't sympathize with you too much <laughs> on the dining room chairs part because there's probably somebody out there selling plasma right, right. now. Uh, or, 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 but but I'll, I'll let you have that. But for me. <laughs> But for me, I was like, right. that was a big deal to me. You know, I used to make multi-six figures. These chairs were, like, expensive. It was a sober – it was a wake-up call to a certain extent yes. also. It was yeah. a wake-up call for me to say, Caroline, if you don't – everything everything that you do today affects tomorrow. What right. you do right now affects tomorrow. What you what – you, or whatever you're doing right now is going to be bringing you money for tomorrow. And it really made me realize I can't keep calling my mom. I, my mom right. can't bail me out. Like, That's I'm right. the only person that can bail myself out. Hmm. And I, and I, and I did, and I, I wanted to, that, that was, you know, for me, something that, yes, don't get me wrong. You know, other people I'm a, I'm sure are selling, you know, crazier things than me. Right. Sure. But for me, when I think about my dining room chairs, cause I think right. about, um, you know, I, I think about the pictures I took. I think about like, it was just a crazy moment for me. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I have been bailed. I have been, I've had to be, I, I've, uh, I've gone off the cliff several times in, in my, uh, in my risk, uh, risk driven career. So shout out to those Mosley's out there who, uh, have sent the bail out back in the day. So, all right, let me ask you. So we, we, I mean, I could, this could go on for hours, but tell us about your craziest entrepreneurship moment. Okay. So I thought of actually a lot about this. I have a lot of them. Um, okay. I probably have like four <laughs> just, of them. Just give, just give us one because we're winding down. <laughs> okay. So I fought the province of Champagne, France for my trademark. So my trademark. Okay. <laughs> yep. oh, okay. This okay. Uh, do tell. So, Go ahead. Okay. You've got so, me, you've got me I, interested. I own the trademark to Champagne is always the answer because I believe that Champagne is always the answer. Mm. It's our business slogan. I remember that. You had it on a, just on a shirt too, right? Yeah. You have like t-shirt. Okay. Okay. So I'll never forget when our, my business attorney said, listen, we need to secure this trademark. And I was like, okay, great. You know, he was telling me all the fees it was going to cost. And yep. we literally got a letter from, and I, I love France, don't get me wrong, but we got a letter from whoever protects the word champagne in the province of Champagne, France, stating mm. that I was going to be, I quote, diluting their, the word champagne with my pink and frilly frou-frou. And That's what it said? That's exactly what it said. I mean, there were a lot of other like legal things on right, that. Correct, 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 correct. You know, that's the part I remembered. That's but fascinating. For, for me, I, and my attorney was like, what are we going to do? I was like, we're going to fight back. We're, of course we're going to fight back. I'm not letting this, them right. say this to me. And right. we, we won. We, I, it's my trademark. I, you know, we won. But I'll never forget that it was so crazy when people were like, you're fighting France? And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm actually fighting France right now. That's great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. What did you say? Don't tell me what I can't do, right? Correct. And when they told me that, I pushed harder. <laughs> that, uh, you, I, just something new. I've met somebody who now is, they say, uh, you, you know, that you fought France and won. So that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Now, it's that time in the show where we have to bring you to our entrepreneurship trivia. This is the time during the podcast where we help people get some insights into how you tick as an entrepreneur. So you're going to get, don't overthink it. Give me the first answer. We got nine rapid fires okay. and you give me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. I'm nervous. I'm ready. Let's go. It's easy. PC or Mac? Mac. What's your favorite credit card for small business or running your business? American Express. Physical planner or digital planner? Both. Favorite software right now to manage your business? Um, I really like uh, Basecamp. Oh, we're Basecamp people over here. Starbucks, Dunkin', or other? Starbucks. 
Of course, because I ran into you at the Starbucks uh, two weeks ago. Shout out to your mom. What's your drink there? I get a venti skinny caramel macchiato with coconut milk. And literally, if I'm going to the drive-thru, they'll say, hey, Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the uh, shout out to our area Starbucks. I know your answer to this one, but thank you card or thank you email. Thank you card and thank yeah, you. I know it's your, I know it's your style. Thank you card. So when it comes to learn, when it comes to learning or reading, are you hardcover, tablet, or audiobook? You know, I'm all of the above, but I, I'm the person that has to sit down and finish the whole thing at once. So like, I read a book like two nights ago, the whole thing. <laughs> so hardcover. Well, hardcover, yeah, exactly. Okay. What would you say is your next big goal? Ooh, our, the office that I'm building right now. Um, we're building a Posh PR office. That is my biggest goal so we can serve our clients better. I'm really excited. Very nice. And when is that going to open? Uh, hopefully in eight months. It's literally ground up construction. So. Oh, wow. Yes. One day with any mentor who's still alive, who would that person be? Okay. So I don't know if this could be a mentor or not, but um, can Marilyn Monroe count? Can I say no? No, she has to be. She has to be. They have to be alive. Oh, I thought you said. Oh, they said one, you know, day. One, oh. one day. One day with any mentor who's oh. still alive, who would Actually, that be? Okay, so fine, fine. Marilyn. Rose Although your answer doesn't surprise me, but go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, Corey, I have to say, you. I'm so impressed by you. I'm oh my goodness. Kidding. I'm so impressed. Well, that's that's an easy thing to happen. This is supposed to be somebody you have to like reach out to. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, wait, can it? Can but no, it, no, I'm not. I'm not looking to give horse okay. in the mouth. I'll take me. No, thank you very much. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> awesome. See, it was completely painless, wasn't it? Oh, so painless. All right. In our final segment, this is entrepreneurship trivia. So there's $25 on the line. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It is multiple choice. Um, If you get the trivia question right, I will make a $25 donation to the charity of your choice. If you get it wrong, fingers crossed, you'll make a $25 donation to the charity of my choice, which they is the KLM Scholarship Foundation. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who said this quote? Oh, boy. In order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. Coco Chanel. Yeah. I didn't even, <laughs> you know, this one was way too easy. I have that somewhere. Yeah. I wrote that somewhere. No, and you know, your face, your face, once, as soon as it went out, you were like, oh, really? I know everything Coco Chanel has ever said. Okay, so much for Kate Spade and Yves St. Laurent, but the answer was Coco Chanel. Okay. Boy, that was the fastest $25 anybody's ever made. <laughs> who, uh, who will be getting the charity? Who will be getting the donation today? Feedmore, one of my good friends, oh. um, Jessica, her dad is the CEO of Feedmore, Doug. Oh, excellent. Okay. I have, feed, I have a Feedmore donation slip on my desk right there. Oh, so funny. Um, so I'll kill two birds with one stone. So okay. Feedmore will be picking up $25 courtesy of the Caroline doll. Caroline, how this has been awesome. I think we've, I, I think this is the longest um, session I've done, but it's been such awesome information. I'm so glad we were able to do it. How do people get in contact with you, find you online, give us all the details? Okay. So you can find uh, me on Instagram. It's at the Caroline doll. And you can also find my company on Instagram at posh PR. Um, you can always email us at Hey doll at posh And yeah, that's where you can find us or posh Awesome, Ellen. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you, Corey. This was so much fun. I'm so impressed by all of this and just so honored to be here. This was really incredible. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. And as always, I want to thank all of you, our listeners. That's right. You need to be sharing this podcast with everybody you know. We're broadcasting, I think, now up to, I think we're at 17 channels now. We're Spotify, we're iTunes, we're Google Play. We've got picked up by iHeartRadio. So I want to say thank you to all those that continue to listen and promote the podcast. And I want you to check out the allnewcorymosley.com because we are doing some excellent stuff. We've got new live events and some things that you need to know about if you're interested in building your business. As always, I will leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. This has been another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Corey Mosley, and I'll see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So, can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.